Okay, firing up. Do you know your name? Please. That's right. Directive. You're going to help me make podcasts. <laughs> Episode 194, dated Friday the 11th of March 2011. Digital Cowboys Look Back 2005. What do you think of 2005, Eve? Classified. We're back. My new PC is named Eve. She's lightning fast and smooth as Clooney. Hopefully all my edits will now be considerably easier. If this is coming out a week late, you'll know why. We're joined by Neil Taylor of Game Burst. Hello, Neil. Hello. And Joshua Combine Hunter Garrity of the DC community and the excellently written gaming blog One Winged Muffin. Hello. This week, after the successful foray into nostalgic edutainment with our 1998 episode back in DC 186, we decided to take a look at the year 2005. Now, this is a special year for a number of reasons. I myself was no longer console gaming at this point after becoming ensnared in World of Warcraft. No comment. <laughs> that was your fault. Cheers for that. <laughs> I got my first decent PC that year. The incidents were related. The Beast that I have just relieved of duty as my workstation. He has been rechristened Jake and has been repurposed purely as a low-tech gaming machine. He will live out the end of his days with simple emulation and YouTube services attached to the TV in my living room. Paul and I cleared out his crudded up and overstuffed head and now he's actually not running too badly. In the six years I worked with the Beast, he managed 192 episodes of Digital Cowboys, plus specials, and a year's worth of Gonzo as well. Big hand for the beast. Whee. Whee. Happy retirement PC. beast. <laughs> it's it's kind of his sunset, you know. But uh, I, I'm, I'm still using him. I used him a lot today for research. Tony and I got married that year. <laughs> <laughs> Tony and I got married that year, though not to one another. Sorry, I had to. There was a caveat there. <laughs> this also <laughs> meant that we ended up at the, we ended two and a half years of living together and went off to separate new homes we'll probably talk about that at some other point the Xbox 360 was released at the end of 2005 this signified the first jump into high definition console gaming something that cannot be underplayed uh, on a side fictional note Metal Gear Solid Twisted Metal and Transformers the original 1986 animated movie and also Bicentennial Man are all set in 2005 uh, on January 20th, some history for you folks. George W. Bush is inaugurated in Washington, D.C. for his second term as the 43rd President of the United States. I think that's the moment I gave up on politics. <laughs> I thought, you know what? I- I'm done. I don't want to write about this anymore. And it wasn't even your own country. No! no I, I, I'd like to state, it's not when you gave up on politics, because we'd all given up on English politics. We still had hope for America. 
Then they I, put him back in. I wasn't massively into Kerry, but I thought, that, you know, he has just such a terrible first term. There's no way they'd bring him in the second time. I was up all night watching the numbers come in, and then it was like, oh no, George won. What, seriously? Okay. So what? Genuine. I was just thinking, so in the UK politics, we had obviously Labour still in government and Tony yep. Blair, I guess, that time. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think at around that point, people were starting to turn and starting to go, what, what the fuck? But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was still a year or so off Tony Blair's absolute fall from grace. January 25th, a stampede of holy and sacred cows at the Mandadevi Temple in India during a religious pilgrimage killed at least 250 people. January 30th, the first free parliamentary elections in Iraq since 1958 take place. February 20th, Hunter S. Thompson, American journalist and one of my absolute all-time heroes, blew his brains out. February 27th, the Clint Eastwood film Million Dollar Baby was nominated for seven Academy Awards and won four of them, including Best Director for Clint Eastwood, Best Actress for Hilary Swank, Best Supporting Actor for Morgan Freeman, and Best Picture. The Aviator, a picture about Hollywood Golden Age director and plane fancier who went mental, was nominated for 11. Collateral, a superb and highly recommended thriller directed by Michael Mann, was nominated for Best Editing, but received nothing. April 2nd, Pope John Paul II dies. Over 4 million people travel to the Vatican to mourn him. May the 12th, the Xbox 360 was officially announced on MTV at a special hosted by... Anybody? Elijah Wood. Wood. <laughs> it's it was red, man. Red. It's like an inhale. And that was the first time in 2000, well, the first time ever in my life I'd heard the word rad used. Yeah. Mm. Outside of the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> May 16th, the PlayStation 3 was unveiled by Sony during a pre-E3 press conference. I watched that today. The first one they showed was like silver. I just realised we missed a great opportunity a second ago when we were talking about the Xbox. Okay, what? We had Frodo... And we have a console that's notorious for... <laughs> mm, rings. <laughs> <laughs> we should have known. There was a clue. I know. <laughs> you cannot take the red ring. It is my burden. Right. May 17th. Kuwaiti women are granted the right to vote. That's hey. fucking monumental. May 20th. E3 takes place in Los Angeles, 400 exhibiting uh, companies and 70,000 industry professionals representing 79 countries attend. Uh, Next Generation Systems from Nintendo, Sony and Microsoft were unveiled. E3, also before it goes through its mental change of uh, reducing its size, 2005 is probably one of the last years. Yeah, was 2006 the one where it was was in like an aircraft hangar or something? I think that was seven, wasn't it? (sighs) It was like a shadow of its former self. So this was the last time it was a circus, right? Getting towards that way, I think that's where the complaints were starting to happen. I don't know, maybe it was 2006 where it started to go all wrong for them. July 7th, 7-7. Four terror attacks, three on the London Underground and one on a bus, rocked the transport network in London, killing 52, not including the four bombers, and injuring over 700. I... I seem to remember but Paul's best story on that was uh, an old guy talking on the news about you know just the perfect opposite to you know the knee-jerk terror reaction. The Americans go, oh my God, let's buy some asbestos sheets. Um, was I've survived the Blitz in the IRA? I've been blown up by a better class of bastard than this. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm remembering that, you missed one the day before. I 
if my memory says it's the day before, I could be wrong. Is there a 7-6 bombing as well? No, you're, you're forgetting we got awarded the Olympic Games. We did, didn't we? I'm sure it was... I, I I'm not sure if I'm misremembering that, but I think... the week think before? It, yeah, it was, oh, it was, was it? around that point, wasn't it? Because we were all I, celebrating that, and it was like... If oh. it was 2005, then you're still right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty huge for England, so, yeah. Because I can remember that because I was at work when those bombs went off. Yeah, I remember phoning many people that I know in London at that point. You were right? Yeah, I was actually meant to go on a school trip to London that day. We were on the bus going to London, and then we heard the news and just drove all the way back. Yeah. Shit. Wouldn't want to be on a bus in London on that day. No. On a different note, July 20th, after coming under heavy fire from many politicians, most notably Hillary Clinton, the Entertainment Software Rating Board re-rated Rockstar Games Grand Theft Auto San Andreas adults only. 18 plus AO. Due to the sexually explicit minigame mod Hot Coffee. Additionally, Rockstar Games ceased production of the game and has announced plans to offer a new version of the game that can't be affected by the mod and plans to catch the PC version. Yeah... Yeah, uh, yeah. August 6th, Robin Cook, British politician, died. August 29th, at least 1,836 are killed and severe damages caused along the US Gulf Coast by Hurricane Katrina. That long ago? Jeez. 2005, yeah. Uh, September 1st, PSP released in the UK. It was November 2004 in Japan, March 5th in the USA. September 16th, uh, at the Tokyo Game Show, during Iwata's keynote speech, the Wii controller was unveiled. He said at E3, we, we will show you the controller later. And we all go, it's like a TV remote. Yeah, and we all sniggered. Was it actually called the Wii at that point? No, I think it was the year later that it yeah, shifted over to the revolution Wii. territory. So this yeah. is the revolution controller. Yeah. It's... Uh, oh, I will mention this now. In preparation for this, just to get a flavour for the year, I sat through the Nintendo and Sony press conferences at E3 that year just to see what it was like at the time. Because I don't actually remember sitting and watching them, because like I said, I was all about the Warcraft. I think I may have seen bits of them later on, but um, it's really weird that Sony's one was two hours long and spent most of it talking about what an immense amount of tech was going to be crammed into the PS3. And uh, the Nintendo one, they were talking about. They talked about the revolution, but what a, a banner year it was going to be for the uh, DS, and they were damn right about that. And uh, and the the GameCube that they were not going to give up on. And um, they did. Yeah, <laughs> right. but they there were some. They, they were talking about how they were going to make people who weren't gamers yet gamers, and they were going to bring in people from all over the place. And it was like, yep, check, check. It's, it's just it's it's fascinating to watch. You know, both of them. I tried to watch the Microsoft one as well, but it's really difficult to find online. If anyone could link me to the complete video for that one, that would be cool. Well, we'll talk about, the, I guess, the atmosphere of what was happening in 2005 after we went mm. through the kind of news. Yeah. That would be a good kind of segue into uh, the actual games released over that period. So it's yeah. November 22nd, uh, the Xbox 360 is released, the first fully HD home console with the first standardised wireless gamepad, first instance of Gamerscore, and the proper media hub, which they hadn't really been before. September 30th, controversial drawings of Mohammed are printed in the Danish newspaper Jillens Posten. October 19th, the trials of Saddam Hussein begin. October 24th, Rosa Parks, the American civil rights activist, died. November 4th, the Game Boy Micro launched. November 13th, Andrew Stimson, a 25-year-old British man, is reported as the first person proven to have been cured of HIV. 
November 24th, Pat Morita, Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid died. November 25th, George Best died. November 30th, that's he's a British footballer to you Americans. November 30th, uh, Sony announced the PlayStation 2 breaks a record as the fastest console to reach cumulative shipment of 100 million units, beating the previous record hold of the PlayStation 1 by three years and nine months. The PS platform has until the present year the biggest sales of all time of video game industry with 120 million consoles shipped. December 10th, Richard Pryor died. December 16th, John Spencer died. He's uh, Leo McGarry from the West Wing. Uh, December 16th, the Family Entertainment Protection Act... FAPA is introduced by Senator Hillary Clinton, Joe Lieberman, and Eva Bai. Uh, the bill calls for a federal mandate enforcement of the Entertainment Software Rating Board, ESLB, rating system for video games in order to protect children from inappropriate content. And December 31st, another second is added. Uh, that would be 235960 called a leap second to end the year 2005. The last time this occurred was in June 1998. Which was the... I haven't even heard of leap seconds! 98 was the last show we did on on, concert, on the uh, gaming front, so... That was so serious coincidence. There we go. <laughs> Ban a year for both video games and seconds. So now we can actually finally hear from other people than me on, on this uh, this podcast. I'm just going to say a name, and you guys just go. Uh, January 11th, Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. Awesome. <laughs> the reason I bought a GameCube for this game, and my God, it was awesome. Gone with the crappy backgrounds and bad camera angles. All of a sudden, you're over the shoulder, action-packed, and, in some places, scary as hell when you're just being mobbed by an entire village of insane um, Spanish people? Uh, Eastern <laughs> Europeans. Close enough. A turning point in the Resident Evil franchise, considering as well the fact that that game had been built, scrapped, built, scrapped, and then rebuilt again. Wasn't it going to be Devil May Cry originally? Yes, Devil May Cry originally sprang from Resident Evil 4. It was a half-build of Resident Evil 4, similar to the half-build of Resident Evil 2. Uh, and then we ended up getting Did this... that end up as one of the Wii games? No, actually, <laughs> that's... You can still find video of that online. Um, you'll, you'll know it, because he's running around, and there's suits of armor that are trying to hit him, and then... Uh, if you've seen Resident Evil Afterlife, the guy with the giant axe... It propelled survival horror into a, a new kind of sub-genre of, of action game. It did. It did take it away from the survival horror roots. and uh, But it, I think it also improved on the sort of Resident Evil formula. It's but, just a shame that the five didn't carry on. Well, uh, what I think it done, and which we've talked about a couple of times recently on the show, is that it took the rule book of what Resident Evil was built upon and threw it out the window and started again and, and took some of the core values of the series 
but then saw where you know what was the power of that console and where to take it forward. And it did it so fantastically that yeah, it, 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 the wake of Resident Evil Five, you know, it, it seemed to be like you know, it was a shadow of uh, the former ones, you know, for itself. So oh, Resident Evil Four was absolutely fantastic. Um, I didn't actually play it when it first came out. Um, I played Were it. You old years. enough? I was 15, so what was the age rating? Was it was an 18, it had chainsaw yeah. stuff in it. Well, even when I did eventually play it, I was too young, but oh well. Um, the 515 shit their pants at the, uh, you know, go Hitler, go Hitler, go Hitler stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was just so different from anything else, and... And it's, I think its influence is incredible. I mean, just the -the over-the-shoulder aiming itself, you see that everywhere now, from Gears of War to Uncharted. It's it's a really special game. Before we we move on to other games, should we Mm -hmm. set up a bit of kind of where we were within 2005? I know we've touched a couple of bits of what happened in 2005. Uh, Yeah, go for it. Where we were in our personal lives. Um, Well, not in our personal lives, in our gaming lives. Yeah. To me, Resident, uh, to me, 2005 is a really odd year to look at mm. because it, it's kind of like the end of a generation. Um, mm. The Xbox obviously wound up by this point, was winding up, and let's face it, we know they killed it off pretty much straight away as soon as the Xbox 360 yeah. came out. And a console that was only three years old at this point. Uh, you know, so I'd, I'd already jumped onto the Xbox bandwagon, and Xbox Live was a major part of my life. So I was really excited for the release of the Xbox 360. Um, but looking down this list, there's a ton of really interesting games, and most of them uh, are out on the on the PlayStation 2 because the PlayStation 2 is still pretty much going strong at this point, and it's been out for getting on five years. Am I right in thinking that it's been what, 2000, 2001? So you know, I think that was you know a lot of people were saying it was too soon for the, the 360 to come along. Um, the GameCube has been out what around three or four years. I think it was four years. Uh, it was like the same month as or just around the same time as the Xbox One was released. So, uh, and, but traditionally we think that wasn't having the best time of it because it seemed to be being supported by Nintendo very, very well. Yeah, but, but third uh, party support was pretty lacking. Yeah, we're pretty much non-existent on that platform. But something like Resident Evil 4 was proven that if someone got it right on that system, mm. then it was probably just as powerful as the other. Well, they had a deal with Capcom, didn't they? Capcom was going to yeah. make them five games. Killer 7. Killer 7 uh, was one of them. Resident Evil. Resident uh, Evil the, Zero. Beautiful Joe. The remake of Resident Evil. Yeah, quite a lot of Resident Evil <laughs> yeah a lot of uh, Resident Evil stuff so it yeah. the DS had just been released 2005 um, and the PSP was also being <laughs> released in that time so it, it just made me laugh actually thinking about this today where we're talking about the extended life cycles of you know the, the current generation and you know really we're looking at a PSP that's only going to be replaced at the end of this year mm. so you know, that's six years um, and um the DS, which is just being replaced now with you know, 3DS, although it's been for a number of iterations. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like it's... We're, we're seeing almost this year of what should be happening, almost like in, in 2011, this is what we should be happening. You know, yeah. consoles should be running, you know, coming to an end, and we should be expecting all the new consoles on new hype. That isn't happening. I think I said to Sharon, this is the longest uh, console generation since the 8-bit generation. I could, I could be wrong about that in years. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the 8-bit went... For, I don't even want to start where the 8-bit went because whatever I say will be wrong. Magnavox Odyssey, I don't know. <laughs> don't, don't, don't touch it. Walk away. <laughs> you, uh, all you 8-bit fans out there know where it started and where it stopped. 
But I'm trying to get people into the mindset of where we were in 2005. You know, we yeah. were we were looking forward. A, a lot of the games that we talk about were coming to how most people perceived the end of that console's generation. That you know, the, the PS3 was a lot of hype and speculation of what it was going to be, and it was just around the corner. And it was it was weird. Let's say the 98 conversation we had, you know, exactly the Dreamcast coming out and um, well, the Dreamcast on the PlayStation 2. That once again, very much at the end of a life cycle. And uh, here we are again, what, five, six years, what, seven years down the line, exactly the same situation again. So, uh, for me, I was playing World of Warcraft quite happily, and uh, I think Half-Life 2 had come out, hadn't it? Yeah, I know, I know I'd actually got back into PC gaming at this point. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? I mean, I was 25, so... Two things happened to me this year. One I'm not going to talk about because it's a personal one, but the big one that happened to me this year was... At this point, I was a dyed-in-the-wall PlayStation fanboy. I was a serious PlayStation fanboy. If it wasn't PlayStation 2, it was crap. And by the end of the year, um, I was with Microsoft. I literally, this is the year I pretty much fell out with the PlayStation 2. Well, not particularly the PlayStation 2, but the PlayStation, the company itself. Hmm. And I, the Xbox started winning me over. I got live that year and started playing a lot of Xbox Live. Really enjoyed that. And to the point where, because I was working at the time, I got the um, I got the 360 on the day of release. That was my first Xbox 360. I've lost track of what number I'm on now. Um, and really went over to Microsoft. I really enjoyed what they did. And that was a big shift for me because I really was, since the PlayStation, I was a PlayStation fanboy. And then all of a sudden this year is the year where I went under this big shift and went, no. And I guess you'd say join the dark side. What, what were you doing in 2005? You know, what's your, what's your view of the gaming landscape in 2005? Uh, well, as I said, I, can't, I kind of, I moved away from Xbox Live because I think I, I was trying to get into it, but most of the games usually involved shooting people like Rainbow Six and, uh, uh, Ghost Recon. And I kind of enjoyed it, but it seemed a bit limited. It was it's something like, I actually tried to force you into, I think, I remember being. You didn't force me. I, I tried, I got an Xbox to try and, you know, connect with you a little bit more. But the best thing about that was the LAN parties on the Halos. Um, but then when we moved out of, uh, of Northgate Road, right. the, the, the next house, the house we got after that, we only lived in for six months and that was nowhere near as conducive to LAN parties and we just didn't have any. I think in my heart, I was just kind of tired of looking at SD and how grey and cloudy and horrible it was because it wasn't until I started to see stuff in HD, uh, it was actually Gears of War, nearly a year after the Xbox had come out, that I thought, you know what, sod this, I've got to get back in the game. Um, but the, the big step for me also meant that I needed to get an HDTV because I didn't have one at that point. So it was like, to get a new console, I'd also have to get an HDTV. Yeah, and this is all at the end step. of 2005. I mean, I don't think any of this was really happening until we got the 360. It was yeah. No okay, so at this point, uh, I think I started playing Warcraft uh, when we were back at Northgate Road, like just at the very beginning. Then we moved. And then uh, when I moved house to Ashford, uh, the woman we were living with was a horrible psychopath. So I hid in my office for about six months and played Warcraft, and uh, leaving only to go to my workshop. And uh, yeah, I, I, I bought a PSP on, on launch day, and Tony Hawk instantly regretted it and sold it on eBay. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, uh, it, I was just playing Warcraft. Is all I was doing. I mean, a couple of these games, I think I got hold of. I, I, I played your version of Resi Four, but that was while I was staying with you. I was, I was just kind of getting turned off games. Now it's, it's interesting because looking back on this, 
um, it's kind of like the 1939 World's Fair, that same, the New York one, which uh, Futurama's kind of based on in imagery, that, that sense of sort of looking into the future and how incredible and bright it is, and th- th- this, this sense that these brilliant, fantastic new consoles were coming and they were going to sh- reshape the way games were played. Well, the, the interesting thing here is actually the sea change we're about to see with the industry, because there was a lot of people doubting whether HD was really the way that we needed to push forward and whether the mm. 360 was actually going to have any impact with that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they had already... They'd, they'd, I think they've got a lot of goodwill from people with the original Xbox. Mm. Um, certainly with the Xbox Live service, but there was, you know, a pretty big... <laughs> Stigma? Not even that. I, I think a lot of people really didn't believe that we needed to jump as yet. I mean, it's the same situation we're in now where people are saying we don't need to go yet. Let's just push on, push on. It. You know, there's no need to, to bring out another console. And Microsoft was There's very, more years left in this thing. Yeah, and, and there, there was. I mean, the, the PlayStation 2. Yeah, PS, yeah PS2. Yeah, it continued to rumble on for a good few more years. And, and put out some really excellent, some of its best games came out in the, in the autumn and winter years of the PS2's life. Exactly. But... um. I think there was a collective, if you look, look at, you know, in hindsight of the industry, Sony were, were bashing their chest as in saying that we're about to release the, the PlayStation 3 come next year. And, mm. and they were coming at it from a real position of strength because they had won this generation. Yes, they were, I mean, ah, fuck Nintendo, fuck Microsoft. We are going to piss all over your empty skulls. So let's, I mean, let's look at... Oh, go on, Josh. Hubris. I was actually going to say, I might be misremembering it, but weren't Sony also the first one to win two console generations in a row? They the were. PS1 and the PS2. So it was kind of a foregone conclusion to them they were going to win this one because well, it was so powerful and so desirable as a console that, you know, everyone would want one and everyone would buy one. So, so there was a lot of chess beating at the, this, this particular E3 that, you know, Sony were, were saying that you were going to get a second job. And, yeah, I mean, all that stuff now we can kind of take oh, it. No, hang on, that was uh, 2006. Was that 2006? That's when they announced the price on it and they said... Was it $500? Six. Six hundred $600. They said, ah, but it's worth it. Everyone's going to want one of these. I'm like, mm. So, my, my point being, I think... I, you know, by the way, a side note, I really wish I'd fucking bought one on day one. Yeah, I still Because it would be back compat. So... <laughs> oh, yeah, there's another thing that was up there in the 2005 E3's presentation. It was like, backwards compatible with over 17,000 PS2 games. Yeah... Well, there's a lot. There was actually a lot going on between the 360 and the PS3. Uh, if you remember it, at one point, the original Xbox 360 was meant to have, um, which is the failed uh, one. This Blu-ray. What was the failed one? Oh, HD DVD. That was meant to be an inbuilt drive, not an add-on drive. Yeah. Don't we know that it was failed? We both invested in that stupid drive. Tony, do you still have yours? I do. I still say it's a better format. But. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, j- just so quickly so we can move on to the, the actual games that came out this year. I, I think h- hindsight, looking back, I think 98's a longer distance away and you can't really look at the E3 conferences. You know, technology's moved on a long time since then. But to see to see where the companies were, Sony were completely in pole position. Microsoft were a company that was seemed to be going on the up and up. They had this great Xbox Live service. And, you know, we all thought, well, you know, this this could go somewhere in the future. Mm. Uh, but they still and, had to really prove well, themselves. And the big point, Nintendo were kicked down in the dirt. You know, they they were desperate. They were a company that the GameCube had pretty much been a failure, although they hadn't really lost too much money on it. It mm. wasn't doing it. The great Nintendo seemed to be very low and down in the dumps, although the DS... Game Boy Advance was not as much of a huge uh, success as the, game, the original Game Boy. And, and yeah, the DS had only just come out at this yeah. stage. Now, if we, if we look where we are now, it, you know, history tells us that 
you know, Sony beating their chest wasn't necessarily the right thing to do because they are inferred, although they, you know, they're climbing themselves back up and they, to defend, I think they're now joint with Microsoft, but Microsoft, who were in a, you know, in a, wasn't, were clearly in a third place position, I think, at this point, mm. um, have done very well to hold on to, to number two and, you know, to basically take punch by punch with Sony. And, you know, the guy. Nintendo was, have done so fucking well to claw their way back from where they were. Yeah, definitely. The, the GameCube, which, you know, was a failure. Uh, you know, around the corner a year later, the Wii would be doing gangbusters, and the DS yeah. would, I think that's now become the, the, you know, the biggest selling console of all time, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just interesting to look just what's happened in, what, six years? Six years. Complete, the industry has completely changed, and now we're, we're all about the waggle. And <laughs> well, something I hadn't even mentioned, podcasting. I mean, Ricky Gervais first started doing his podcast in 2005, and I'm sure that there were plenty of gaming, like, sort of webcasts and things well, at that point, but... Um, um, back in that day, I, I was listening to podcasts, and there's one that's still with me to this day that I listen to, which was, uh, back then I was listening to a tech show called This Week in Tech, mm-hmm. which is still going in, is kind of huge. And there was this other one, and this is which really lit the fire in me and made me want to do a gaming podcast, was called Gaming Steve. Whenever everybody's had that one, if you know that one, that was a really good one. That was from a guy who used to work in the industry. What uh, was his name? Stephen Glicker. Wow. So, um, yeah, and I remember he had a big, huge roundtable about... Um, about E3 time, talking about the PS3. Uh, no, it was about the Xbox 360 and talking about that. And they were talking about, now this, this made me laugh, that the Xbox 360 had a little gem that no one had seen coming. And it wasn't the achievement points, but Lord knows how they took off. Mm. It was the Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah, they mentioned it at, uh, at E3, but they didn't mention how absolutely huge xbla psn and uh, yeah let's face it so where we come. i mentioned to you uh, combine earlier today you said to me in fact that the indie scene would have done really really well at the moment um you're absolutely right the triumph of this generation to me is this the wealth of downloadable content and and this incredible new style of being able to download your games as opposed to going to the, the shops and buying them it's, it's just unparalleled success the amount of freedom it's given people is just mm. we're seeing games that just would have never been greenlit. Yeah. Can you imagine like Plants vs Zombies or mm. PB Winterbottom? Yeah, no, we would have never have seen these games last generation, but yeah. here we or are. If we now. had, they'd be like you know just released in a very short run, and, and like you know no one would have bought them or played them, and and you'd be like, oh, you really have to play. I mean, you know, stuff like Okami didn't sell well enough. And, yeah. and that was absolutely fantastic, and that was on disc. It's, it's kind of set the tone for, for the next generation, which is, uh, is, is gonna be very, very download heavy, definitely. Well, and, so we can get onto the games. I mean, when, when we picked 2005, this, in my, in my mind, I thought I was going, oh wow, that, that's an amazing year. There was a ton of great games that year. Mm. And actually what I think, I was thinking, now looking down the list of the games, is that was the year that I'd really thought, well, Where's this industry going now? We've got all, the, all these new consoles coming out. I wonder what's going to happen. I don't think in my mind it was maybe 2008 where I'm now starting to think like some of these games really had a massive influence in my kind of appreciation of gaming. But mm. let's, let's get on to the games of 2005. I think we set up pretty well. We can, we can finish off with, you know, maybe. Yeah. We don't have to go into huge detail on any of these, uh, no. but uh, the ones that really deserve it, definitely talk about
Mercenaries Playground of Destruction came out on January 11th on PS2 and Xbox. Kind of like GTA, but set in... Was that Korea? Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be Korea type country. That was a fun game. That was fun. Yeah. Funner than the sequel. I'm currently playing the sequel, World in Flames, which I picked up for £3 second hand, which at the moment is kind of fun. But having just finished um, Far Cry 2, which fully realises a sandbox-style uh, game where you play a mercenary in, in, a, in a, a, a sun-bleached country populated seemingly only by mercenaries, that did it so much better. February 11th, World of Warcraft. That, that was quite a big one. I, I hear that several people bought that. Never heard of it. Who, what, where, why? Uh. <laughs> We're gonna ha- we, ha- we have to do a whole podcast, at least just on Warcraft, but uh, get, like industry-changing title. Yeah, I mean, you bring up the, almost the first two titles. Resident Evil 4 had a huge impact on the way games were going to be developed in the next few years. World of Warcraft. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us can really do it justice other than saying that 2005 was the year of World of Warcraft for me. I, I played it pretty much for the entirety of that year and yeah. into the next year, um, yeah. pretty much. That's possibly why we're not going to have that much to say about all of these other games, because we well, were too busy playing WoW. Yeah, I mean, almost exclusively. I mean, this this was an odd scenario for me, because, I mean, I'd been playing console games. You disappeared. Yeah, you for my life. You, yeah. And I had a huge following of, you know, I was really into Xbox Live at this point, a lot of friends on there, and I disappeared from that service, and yeah. ended up on World of Warcraft, and made a lot new, I had a lot more friends, not a lot more, I met a lot of friends on there. Uh, had a fantastic year and a half or 18 months worth of experience in it and I still to this day will probably I still say it's the best game I've ever played For, and if anyone wants to know the reasons I will go into we'll talk about it in the Warcraft it, episode but yeah in a different episode but um, Warcraft was so influential and it is amazing by no means the first MMO by no means the first big MMO but it was the uh, let's say in the same way that Wii Sports certainly wasn't the first sports package this was the Wii Sports of MMOs. And still is. January 25th, Oddworld, Stranger's Wrath. February 8th, now was, I was War- going to say sorely underrated game. Alright. It's a, you know, Oddworld, I love the Oddworld series, and this, this was the, the one that came out was meant to kind of bring back the Oddworld series to, into everybody else's life. It was all 3D rather than the... the was this the last one? It was. Oh. This is the one that actually... Kills the series then. Well, yeah, the, the creators like, well, we're, gonna, we're off to do films or something like that, and uh, unfortunately never returned, although there is rumours that they, they will be back on the scene. But Oddworld Streamers Rap is actually one of the best Xbox exclusive games, um, and it is now available on the PC, isn't it? They've just done the whole Steam thing, so uh, well worth checking out if you can. February 8th, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords. That was the... Uh this seemed familiar to you guys. Unsuccessful and unpopular sequel to a uh, extremely popular original um, done by Obsidian. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, only this one didn't have as many bugs. Yeah. These are, I, I, I could go on for a long time about Knights of the Old Republic 2, but it made some good improvements over the original. The story wasn't as good. It had a few issues. But on the whole, it's a fairly decent RPG. Yeah. Uh, February 22nd, Gran Turismo 4. This is the last time the Gran Turismo <laughs> game was released. Coming on for six years, we had Gran Turismo 5 in, in development, and we were teased with uh, with images of it at E3 2005, maybe even earlier. And, uh, yeah, that's, was, was that any good, the original the 4? Not a fan of Gran Turismo, so never 
played it past one. Played, Johnny? No, no, I played one for hours two, for hours three, started Drift Off four, I never played. Yeah, there you go. February 24th, Tekken 5 on the PS2. Now, I like this. I like Tekken 5. I mean, uh, it, it wasn't... It wasn't amazing, but... Better it than was... 4. Better than Tag. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But it was just, you know... No one cares anymore. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to highlight that, actually, I mean... This is a, a decent point of where the PlayStation 2 was doing, because you know, Gran Turismo 4, it's, it's kind of the... Almost, not the end of the, the series, obviously, because we've had a Tekken 6 and we've had a, a Gran Turismo 5. Um, but it's taken a long time for both those franchises to come out Mainly because I think by this point the four and the five of each respective titles, I think the the core concept is starting to wear thin. Yeah, when you've done it four times, five times already. In yeah. Tekken's case, six times. And when there's many others out there like it who are aping you, uh, let's face it, Tekken started off aping Virtual Fighter. Um, you're it's going to. Yeah, you're right. You run out of ideas, and it becomes harder and harder to. Yeah. So, so that, I mean, it's it's easy just to bypass them and go, yeah, well, nobody really played them. But I mean, that's the point. This is the point of where the next generation was needing to come in because it was going to bring some fresh ideas and mm. maybe some, uh, even you know, when we were seeing screenshots, just HD graphics, which were going to be a yeah. huge improvement to these series. Is a new dimension rather than just saying insert name of popular game franchise here, insert number. Yeah, I mean, because if you look, Tekken 5 didn't do particularly great numbers, but Tekken, was it Tag Tournament, actually did pretty damn well, because it, it was... It, looked, it was the first one on PS2, it? looked it? brilliant on... Uh, for, was that on launch? It was, yeah, well. it was a launch title. Yeah. I think I still have that lying around somewhere. Why? I uh, wonder if... Um, didn't Halo 2 come out in 2004? Did. Yeah. yeah. What would have happened if they'd just held back for another year and a bit and made that a launch title for the 360? Did it really matter because 3 came out? 2007? Yeah, 2007. Still a long time after 2005. That's two years, a long time in gaming. Yeah, a year to get your, your software, a year to get your hardware into users' hands because that's a, a big problem if you're releasing a franchise like that which is already proven to sell to millions. Mm. You actually want the consoles. This is what Sony was suffering massively with the PlayStation 3. Yeah. And, you know, you look that's at why Metal Gear Solid 2 didn't come out as a launch on PS2. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people were buying it for Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, you, you look at the PlayStation 2 at this point. I mean, it was outselling the PlayStation 3 in software for a good year and a half before, um, you know, the PlayStation people started to own the PlayStation 3s to replace their PlayStation 2s. Mm. So, you know, there was probably a good reason why they decided not to uh, release Halo 3 quite as, as quick as we would have maybe have hoped. March the 1st, the Nintendo DS was launched in Europe. It had been released in USA in November 2004. I got my DS. I imported. wasn't as good as the DS Lite, though. That's fascinating. I imported my DS from America. Um, yep. I was desperate to get it. I mean, the reason I couldn't I, wait till March. The, the sole reason I brought it was for uh, Mario 64 DS. That was it. Pretty much. You had an N64. I know. I was, yeah, and with it, Mario 64, I was going to buy the 3DS for the same reasons of buying probably Ocarina of Time. I'm not going to be on the top of everyone's list to buy. It, I'm not. <laughs> well, neither am I. But I've, maybe I've learnt my lesson. But I, when I first got the DS, I thought it was really interesting and couldn't really get to, to grips with the two screens. Didn't really think it was going to be the the killer that it was it turned out to be. And I really, didn't, you know, I felt like maybe that the the Game Boy, the Game Boy Advance, and, and all that stuff had 
I, I preferred that when I first got my DS. And although you know, history tells us that I was wrong because the DS has gone on to be gangbusters and really brain training and friggin' Nintendogs. So huge. Hey, don't forget Mario Kart. Yeah, possibly. I mean, that's like top five games of all time for me. Mario Kart on the DS is. I mean, it's awesome. It's it's it's, it's perfect. It, <laughs> One downside. Snaking, but other than that... Fucking snakers. Right, uh, March 22nd, speaking of giant snakes, God of War. Biggest game I will ever kick myself for not buying. You could still buy it. There's still time. <laughs> well, there isn't, aren't they releasing the God of War collection? I'll, I'll get that. Released. They, they did, like a oh. year ago. <laughs> I'll get that. that. Uh, I've only just got a PS3, and it's not technically mine, so... Fair enough. Joshua, but, you're a fan of the... the- the yeah. Um, uh, I love this game, and to be fair, I was a huge fan of the old uh, Greek mythology films like uh, Jason and the Argonauts and yeah. uh, Clash of the Titans. So I was already going to love this game because I was—I've never been presented that world. Well, I've never been presented that world well in a game before, and it was really exciting seeing all these creatures from my childhood. And um, Kratos was an interesting character as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, in the it, first one, yeah. definitely. He's got that self-loathing thing, and he's got all the the, the the regret going on. So, yeah, that's Kind of why, when I, f- I started playing God of War 2, it's like, right, start again, now you're crazy. It's like, oh, all of that good stuff for me kind of went out the window. By the end of God of War 3, you're just going to want to punch him in the face. He's such an <laughs> arsehole. <laughs> I look forward to it. I've got to finish God of War 2 first. That's become an ongoing thing. Yes, I've, yeah, well, neither of us have managed to do that. I don't know why. Cause apparently it's the best of the series. But what I was going to say is actually... That Sony, I think, almost found their mascot with with Kratos in God of War. They, or they certainly did with the first and second one. It was a hu- hugely influential title for Sony, uh, for Sony at this point. And it's yeah. coming at the towards the back end of the, the console, and arguably it's it's the most in, impressive graphical wise of what the console eventually did achieve. I mean, God of War mm. Two is utterly amazing. You can't believe it. It runs on that system, um, and. But somehow, I mean, it, they they managed to find their. I mean, I maybe argue that Drake is is now their their mascot, although they would like to think. But uh, you know, Kratos it's is a bit more wholesome rated. than a stone cold. Exactly, yeah. He's more likable. Yeah, even though he does kill as many people as Kratos. As, as much as because you have to bear in mind that Sony at this point as well were trying to not necessarily distance themselves away from hardcore gamers, but it was certainly the console for everybody. More, you know, exactly. You know, maybe not as far as the Wii had taken it, but it was heading that direction. And here they were with you know, Kratos, maybe as their their number one big franchise that had finally you know struck big with um, as a you know a character-driven franchise. But uh, once again, kind of waned off now, isn't it? We've got the free and kind of lost some of his significance, but. Well, they kind of have to close it out. If they keep bringing him back again for more, then it's going to be—it'll be tired beyond belief. So sometimes you just got to let those characters go. There's no real reason why they couldn't, in say five, ten years' time, do a remake of God of War with incredible, you know, just next, like the next gen after this graphics. It'd be really good to see him away for a whole generation. Uh, I mean, I think the difference between him and Master Chief, say, I mean. Master Chief, there, there's another war, maybe, even if it's not to necessarily do with the Halos, mm. there could be another war with a different, um, you know, threat. Kratos, he was after the gods of Olympus, stroke, 
touch. I mean, there's only so many he can take down before yeah. we know he's worked his way through. And you know, if you've seen what happens in God of War 3, there's not many left for him to, <laughs> to work his way through. Well, there, there, are, there are other pantheons, other gods. He could go for the, the Hebrew gods next. Yeah, that would go well, wouldn't it? Sony would yeah. be back in that one. <laughs> you could go for the Hindu gods. There's dozens of them. March 22nd, The Matrix Online. Of all the MMOs, this one, the idea of being hooked into a world which is the computer world, has the most scope for absolutely awesome storytelling. And how many years did it take to completely fold? Two, three? It didn't take long. It didn't last long. This was the end of The Matrix. This was the culmination of all of the films and stuff. They're, they're, I mean, that's it for The Matrix from now on. That, that was... The end. They even killed Morpheus in it. It, it. it sort of linked in with the actual story of the Matrix, which is uh, sad, but sod it. It came out a few months after Warcraft. You, you, close call, kid. It could have come out before Warcraft, and it wouldn't have done that well. I yeah. think by this point we were all fed up of the Matrix. Yeah, maybe if the third Matrix film had been really, really good, see a Gonzo movie review coming soon. <laughs> March 22nd, Metal Gear Acid on the PSP. That was the one which was just like a card game or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. March 29th, Dynasty Warriors 5. Yeah. March 31st, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Now, I just picked that up for 600 Microsoft points the other day. I'm told it's the best of the old Splinter Cells. April 5th, Lego Star Wars the Video Game. This whole series turned out to be quite popular. Looking for its, its third ones coming out very soon, isn't it? Yeah. What a start of a huge franchise. Yeah, the Lego, Lego something games. Uh, I mean, you guys know what those are like. Okay. April 12th, Jade Empire on the Xbox. That was when Bioware kind of wrong-footed. Yeah. A lot of people really like the game, but it is unarguably it's the least popular of the Bioware games. It just it sort of came out of the tail end of the Xbox's life uh, and it's it's very similar to KOTOR and it has a sort of a, a, a wushu fantasy feel to it but it just, no one no one gel with people they didn't like it uh, April 19th Psychonauts on the Xbox one of the you know treasured gems of the Xbox collection everyone <laughs> who's a fan of Tim Schafer will tell you how fucking awesome this thing is best described as the greatest game on the Xbox you've never played and yet, they made it so available on the XPLA. That that will be out. Mark my words, folks. Psychonauts will be available for 600 points. April 28th, Guild Wars. Came, came out just after Warcraft. Yes, but this is one that did better, but it was yeah. a completely different model to World of Warcraft. Yeah, it was, it was uh, not on subscription, which is a very good idea, and it's thus still going with Guild Wars 2. In fact, I think you can... If you're still interested in Guild Wars, I don't know if it still works, but you can pick up packs now, which is pretty much the entire Guild Wars... Was it the three of them in the end? By the end of them? There was, yeah. At least. 
I I um I played Guild Wars because I was well on my World of Warcraft tip at this point. Um, and when you were it, trying to see what the other, how the other half live. Wow, these these other and this well, this game's free, so I brought it, and then uh, I think I played it for about two hours and went back to World of Warcraft. Me too, exactly the same. Copy and paste that response. Although it's still sticking around, and apparently is is growing a huge community, and and actually does a few things. I think Guild Wars too, by the sounds of it, it will. Uh, Actually, in, I don't know if it'll give WoW a run for its money, but it's trying a bunch of new ideas, which WoW isn't. Um, so it's got a lot of hype around that. May the 5th, Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Now, can we talk about this? Yeah. Because I bought it. Did you have the high ground? I had both. I got both endings. <laughs> it gets worse. I even bought the freaking guide. I bought it too. Why would you buy the guide? Hit people with your lightsaber. I think I got it because it like it was like an extra fiver with the game or something. So you know it's like they got to get both together for like five pound more or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boy, when playing this game, shouldn't we have taken note? Yeah, because this was before the movie came out. Yeah, I mean I think I actually played only a little bit of it and then I stopped because I didn't want to spoil anything big. <laughs> Not me. Guess what? He turned it into Darth Vader. Guess what? The game was crap and so was the movie. Yeah. Um, that's it. I, I, this reminds me of a, my terrible shame of 2005 not that I didn't play any games but that I went to see Revenge of the Sith and loved it and didn't see Serenity in the cinema someone de-slap him please um, hang on yeah. ow yep okay. you know what's really annoying I really did slap myself <laughs> it's hurts. really annoying yes, there was a good run of Star Wars games on the Xbox at that point uh, I yeah Battlefront wasn't it, it was, we had Battlefront which was KOTOR really KOTOR I even like Republican Commando, which was a fairly good squad-based shooter. Republican Commando, the elite Republican Commando. June 21st, Battlefield 2 came out on the PC. Now, Battlefield has become quite big. It was big before Battlefield 2, but, yeah, it got bigger. Right, I, I've never played Battlefield 2. It was 2. on the PC! What am I going to do? I'm I was not, playing Warcraft. I've never played Battlefield 2 on the PC, although I, I understand its influences. It's had across that platform. Um, Battlefield was... I mean, Battlefield hugely historic um, game for the PC and spawned I mean there's 19 it's not 19 yeah it was 1942 1943 was the Xbox Live Arcade version Mm. Um, and there's a ton of patches all around that now Battlefield 2 completely new engine tried a bunch new stuff huge uh, warfare but by the sounds of it didn't have the impact of Battlefield 1 a lot of people stayed with that now what I remember of Battlefield 2 was the, I mean, I'll, I'll swear here, the bastardization version they stuck on, stuck on the Xbox 360. When you use it in the term bastardization, it's not a swear. Yeah, well, it was, it was a horrendous version. Going to prove, because they, they've now released obviously Battlefield by our company, going to prove that if you just take a PC game and shove it on the 360, it doesn't necessarily make for a great experience. You know, a PC, a pure, a pure PC game to a console game, nine times out of ten doesn't work. Uh, and they quickly learned that with Battlefield 2 because it, it was horrendous on, on the 360. Uh, I don't think it, it didn't make it to the PS3 at that time. Um, so, I, you know, what, I, I had it on the 360. I yeah, played it a lot. wasn't good, though. No, it was awful. <laughs> um, great squad command. I mean, if, if anyone's seen the, the, the Battlefield 3 trailer, I think there's a lot of hope that that's, that's going to be a fantastic game. I, mean, I, I don't want to be, be too harsh on Battlefield 2 because I think obviously a lot of PC players probably loved it to pits. But um, the interesting thing to note is obviously Battlefield 3 is going to be multi-platform now rather than just PC only. 
uh, it'd be interesting how that happens but Battlefield 2 was a hugely influential game for the, the PC shooter generation uh, and is the one that I think most people will her- herald so instead of we can't really just bypass it even though none of us really know about it, it it's a massively influential beautiful dawn lights up the shore for me there is nothing else in the I'd rather wake up and see with you Beautiful dawn I'm just chasing time again July 7th, Killer 7 came on the PS2. Now, everyone talks about how incredibly smart this game was. Uh, PS2 and GameCube, actually. Suda51. Suda51. I mean, it sounds fascinating, but really quite horrible at the same time. Suda51's game where you play the seven different personalities of a schizophrenic mental case. I don't know many people who've played it, uh, but it doesn't sound massively accessible. I found it incredibly hard. Yeah. That's what I remember from it. Dungeon Siege 2 on the PC spawned a Dungeon Siege tale. The, uh, the no, no, no. <laughs> don't say Mad- his name. Madden 06 came out, and there was much rejoicing. August 22nd, Nintendo's game-changing title. Seriously, this sold the DS. It was so cute too. Aww. We have it. August 22nd, Advance Wars Dual Strike. Uh, the uh, DS version of Advance Wars is extremely good. Um, better than Nintendo's. August 23rd, The Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. A, a, a well-written and interesting Marvel licensed game. Written by Paul Jenkins, who uh, wrote Origin. Uh, I think the, the same team went on to do Prototype with an advanced version of the engine. Oh. Where you basically play... I mean, the, the guy you play, Alex, in uh, Prototype, you can, like, dropkick a tank, is the Hulk. September 16th, Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks proved that Mortal Kombat should only ever be a one-on-one fighting game. Yeah, they should have learned that after the abomination that was the Sub-Zero, Sub-Zero game. Sub-Zero, yes. Well, wasn't there a third one as well about Jax? Oh, God. Jax and Daxter? <laughs> no, not that Jax and Daxter. Jax with the silver arms, I don't know if that one... Oh, no, the dude who claps your head. Yes. Nice. Um, you know what? We shall have a look. <laughs> the series is pretty much dead by this point. This series is going to be dead, and the only way it's coming back is if the new game is any good. It looks all right. Yeah. About as good as Mortal Kombat vs. DC, which was... Uh, no, the... Mo- uh, no. The, the, well, uh, the only it's thing not going to be then. <laughs> Mo- uh, sorry, not Marvel. Uh, Mortal, Mortal Kombat vs. DC does has the most atrocious character models, especially when it comes to the females. My God, it's just... Ugh. I kind of like Batman. He works in the Unreal Engine, obviously. I was thinking Batman. to myself, 
you know, this is what we always expect from Mortal Kombat is great character models. Well, trust me, when you see Catwoman and it looks like she's got two footballs instead of breasts, it's, oh, it's horrid. Uh, was it Mortal Kombat Special Forces, the yes. Jax game? Yeah, that, was, that wasn't special. <laughs> uh, September 20th, Indigo Prophecy, otherwise known as Fahrenheit, came out. And uh, after seeing the tra- and after playing the um, tutorial and uh, a couple of hours into the game, I remember saying that uh, David Cage is one of my most respected men in video gaming. I retract that statement. He's I'd all like, right. I'd like I, to I, lo- <laughs> I love his enthusiasm, but he's kind of like Peter Molyneux. I got halfway through that game and gave up. It's a good game, but I gave up. Well, you played the good half. Oh, I can go away satisfied then. Apparently the end is a total fucking pig fucking pooch screw. Yeah. I can confirm that. Okay. Uh, everyone playing Indigo Prophecy, if you're halfway through, stop. It's that simple. September 20th, Ninja Gaiden Black came out on the Xbox. And it was evil. Is that the one with the nunchuck guy at the beginning? Yeah. I just remember it being hard as nails. And you had to wear a little pink ribbon if you had to lower the difficulty. It's like, Ninja <laughs> Dog, yeah. That's cool. They should definitely do that. If you're, if you're playing uh, easy settings in, in, in other games, you should be in some way humiliated. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with yeah. that, just because I know someone who does that all the time. Hello, James. October 7th, Black and White 2 came out on the PC, and there was much rejoicing. They, they were forced to eat Peter Molyneux, <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. October 17th. F-E-A-R came out on the PC. I'm PC Gamers fell asleep. It's, it stands for First Entry Anal Rape. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the game felt like. You see, I, I know you say oh, well, and, and the PC community page. sleep, but that's not the impression I got. I, I mean, as much as you know, at this point I was reading the PlayStation, you know, I was reading the PC magazines. Now, Fear was one of the great hopes of the, the PC at this time because it was pushing the graphical engine really hard, and also it was touting a lot about the AI. And the AI in that game is still probably its greatest asset. You know, the graphical engine now is, is dated somewhat, but Fear still plays a really decent shooter. I will uh, be. I will be fair. I would like to say I it's only the, the. I think it was a 360 version I played of this. So yeah, completely different. Um, and I, I remember fear as well because you know the PC was, believe it or not, you know still kind of struggling a little bit at this time. Um, it was about to have a really horrid time in the next few years uh, as it tried to find out what it really was, you know, in the industry now. But uh, fear was it was gathering like 96 and 98 percent in a lot of the PC magazines because they, they saw it as the great white hope of. Um, you know, as PC gaming is in the future, so really important title. Although, you know, looking down at it in generation, it really hasn't succeeded everything I think people wanted it to be, and turned into actually quite a dull franchise now. I'm looking forward to October the 18th because I'm expecting a rant for for what? <laughs> Alex knows. No, I'm going to be very nice about it. Okay. October 17th, The Warriors came out on the PS2. That was quite good. That had a, uh, some interesting little features to it. Like you could, uh, every time you did something, it would give you like a little mini game. Like you want to break into a car? Twiddle this knob. You want to break into this house? Twiddle this knob. You want to beat this guy up? You're going to have to twiddle his knob. Okay, October <laughs> 18th. <laughs> Before you come on, The Warriors to me is a strange one because it's a game that hasn't really worked. Well, this, it was a rock star game. And it's a Rockstar game that didn't actually do particularly well. Um, I know Bully, you know, I think Bully did reasonably, but that maybe is the way it's Well, it's linked to a film that's got a niche uh, audience to begin with. Can you dig it? 
I hadn't seen the film until years later, and then when I saw it, I was like, I've got to check out that game. That's badass. But from what I've heard, it's a great game, so check it out. Anybody who hasn't seen The Warriors, it's John Carpenter at, uh, not his best, but uh, definitely it's it's a- along the same lines of daft, crazy fun as the equally fantastic They Live. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum and I'm fresh out of bubblegum. Okay. Uh, Quake 4 came out on October 18th. Not to be underestimated. That's huge. October 18th, Age of Empires 3 came out. <laughs> Big for the strategy fans. I like that game. Although they've recently admitted that it was a mistake. I actually like that game. Also on October 18th... Say Shadow- it. I'm gonna. Shadow of the Colossus came out on PS2. It's a very, very, very good game, and I recommend everyone play it. And Joshua, come on. I- and I am not taking the piss. I really do. I had a really bad time with it, but that doesn't mean that you guys won't. I absolutely love this game. It's probably my favourite game of all time. Um... When I finished it, I mean, Alex even agrees with me. The ending to that game is absolutely amazing, and it's worth experiencing just for that. Mm. Um, I, I, it just, it just shocked me how much it did with so little, because that game is really focused, and there isn't really all that much to do when you strip it, when you write it down, and you break it down to what it is, but. It draws, it drew so much emotion from me as the player, and it had this really dense atmosphere. And for some reason, even though the only words you say to him is aggro, 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 over and over again, you fell in love with that horse. Uh, just one of the best sidekicks in any game ever. Uh, love that game. And I've never played it. I, I really it. do recommend you play it. Well, I mean, I'm in the same situation. A lot of people who missed it first time round, and then you know, just never have never had the opportunity to go back to it one because it's hardly it's rare to find anyway. But uh, with, as soon as they announced the HD versions, I think most of us went out waiting for that. Yeah, it happens soon, doesn't it? It'll be. Anyone know? Anyone know when they're out? Isn't that this year? Isn't uh, it? They were going to release it around this time, actually, but because. Yeah. Um, like uh, Last Guardian was delayed um, okay. again. They've kind of, uh, we don't know now. Um, wait till E3? Um, so nobody knows at the moment. Okay, well, I, I shall play it and I shall make my own uh, judgment, my, my mind up. But history tells us it was a massively uh, respected game. I don't know whether it was influential, possibly. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I love Ico. Ico, whatever way you Ico. Ico. Um, I did love you that. complete Ico? I did. I really, really, I don't know why I ever got rid of it. I had the beautiful cardboard case one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, Phantom, well, from what I can work out, hugely respected game. Um, yeah, certainly one that most people, when they, they look at 2005, it is right in their top five list of that year. October 25th, Call of Duty 2 came out on PC. Soon afterwards, it came out on 360 as well. Uh, pretty huge. I mean, the... It wasn't until four that this this series became immense, but the, this was a, a really solid uh, game. It was the um, it was the last uh, Infinity War one before four, wasn't it? Because uh, Treyarch did three. It, it was as well, and people describe it as like, well, you know, Call of Duty four is when it, it went absolutely crazy. Call of Duty the series 
was huge before 4. No, make no doubts of that. It was the best uh, PC war game uh, anyway. Um, you know, through because you had um, obviously over battlefield. Yeah, the original Call of Duty was was huge. Pop- it's just because of their set pieces. They were amazing. Uh, the taking, I mean, I think it was Call of Duty Two was taken as Stalingrad, and that's just incredible. The, the, you know, the bit we had to defend the hill at the end was fucking brilliant. I got to yeah. say, and a um, nightmare. Yeah. And how, yeah, I did that game on Veteran. Why? <laughs> that hill bit was incredibly annoying. But it, there's so much stigma with, with all the Call of Duty stuff now, but it, it comes from a really decent place. And you know, this was a reaction to it was a Medal of Honor series that um, EA was doing, and it was the guys that span off from that. And uh, I, I loved Call of Duty 1. I loved Call of Duty 2 even more so. And uh, I played it both on the PC and on the Xbox 360 because it was a launch title for that. And, uh, it, it, you know, back then it actually, because 360 was pretty new technology, even comparative to the PC stuff out there, and it, it, it felt almost identical to it. So it was a good comparison, hugely. And once again, big influential game, but yeah, uh, history tells us, I don't think when everyone was playing Call of Duty 2, they could see what was going to happen in the next five years, where the industry would be, or even at that point, what, another, what was Call of Duty 4, was it 2007? Yeah. So. Same year as uh, Halo 3. Yeah, not not far down the line at all then. October 25th, Civilization 4 came out on the PC. Great game, and it has narration by Mr. Spock. Enough said. <laughs> October 25th, Soul Calibur 3 came out on PS2. That was the one that nobody played, and it was completely ignored. Was that the one that... 2, two was it, huge, 4 was pretty huge as well. Was that the one, if you had it on Xbox, it had Spawn? No, that was 2. Was that 2? 2 had Spawn on Xbox, Heihachi on PS2, and Link on uh, GameCube. I think GameCube lucked out on that one. You could argue with this was when fighters were actually really dead. Yeah. Oh, they, didn't they say, um, I can't remember which publication it was, said that Soul Calibur 2 was the king of one-on-one fighters, which these days is something akin to being uh, world Sabutio champion. <laughs> which is... Wow! And that was back when Soul Calibur 2 came out, so it's, it's, a, it's amazing that Street Fighter 4 took off. Star Wars Battlefront 2 came out aforementioned that was the one where they went back to no that's the one where they went forward this is, and it, this is mixed the mix of both I think this is also yeah. the one that introduced you, you, the hero class the 501st Legion and you, yeah you got to play as Jedi occasionally and, and the yeah, Battlefront games were extremely good I miss them yeah so I mean th- there's been rumbling about 3 hadn't there there was, there was a PSP version and then there was sort of 
They were going to make one, but then they decided against it. Well, now that online's more prevalent, uh, this would be a great franchise to see return. The Star Wars one. That the was studio fun. shut down, though, wasn't it? He was developing it. It's the same guy that's done the Mercenaries. So that dude got dressed up as Chewbacca for nothing. Oh, why can't I remember who it is? Anyway, the, the company is no more, but I mean, it doesn't stop whoever owns the license to, to push forward and do do some more of it. Is it EA, isn't it? I mean, the Battle mm. license. Oh, yeah, Battlefront license. Check my facts. I'm pretty sure it was EA. It was uh, Pandemic. Yeah. Uh, who? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ended up. Well, didn't they get? Uh, didn't they buy? They they merged with Bioware, didn't they? Yeah. They merged with Bioware, and now Bioware's part of EA. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. All right. Now here's where the, everything changed. November seventh. Cameo elements of power. Xbox 360. I had this at launch. I don't know why. Damn you, Rare. You fooled me. It wasn't that good. Well, Tony. I didn't think it was that good. Tony had it too. Why, well, Josh, did you like this? Have you played this? I didn't buy an Xbox 360 until early 2008, so don't talk to me now. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say I actually really liked it. I. I think. Well, if we look where Rare's gone now. I, it and where the 360 is. I think it was one of the last few good platforming games that would grace the 360 because. It's kind of a. It was the first thing. game on the 360. No, but I mean exactly. I mean, the platforming as a general was the platforming games as general is is something that's disappeared almost whole, you know, wholesale of of most of the current generation platforms. And I'm so, thinking slightly on a side note. I hate the fact that platforming is associated with kiddies. Like like children have the gamut on on pla- jumping from platform to platform. Well, Why should that be the case? Maybe maybe I'm talking out my arse then because maybe it's just involved in stuff more like Uncharted. I think. Maybe it does mm. still, but you know, pure platforming game, which you know, chemi- something chemi- which you was. don't just press a button and then you magically leap to the right place. I, I think it was full of ideas. I think it was absolutely beautiful to look at, and I loved it as a launch title. And I actually mm. went back to it recently. And it's a bit basic in its design, I, I grant you that, but no, no worse than where maybe Jack and Daxter was or even Ratchet and Clank was. Um, yeah, it's the game of 2005. I, I think it was actually a decent game, a decent game from Rare, and I'm surprised it's not actually seen any kind of resurgence back from that company, but then again, what the hell are Rare doing? So. November 8th, a fairly important game came out, although nobody bought it for a while. Uh, Guitar Hero on the PS2. Uh, this one doesn't technically count for us. Was that just in America? Yep. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it's, still, it's an important release date, at least, because that was the first time they appeared on the scene. Obviously, you know, even when it was released in this country, it still wouldn't mean anything to us, because we didn't touch it until 2007. It's still a good, it's a good game, and it's the one that started, you know, the Guitar Hero franchise. What more can you say? I had more fun. I'm the only person who had more fun on Guitar Hero 1 than on Guitar Hero 2. Yeah, too hard. Guitar Hero 2 must have my favourite Guitar Hero game. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, November 14th, one of my favourite games of all time, Mario Kart DS. Awesome, 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 awesome. Perfect. Snaking. Awesome snaking. (laughs) November 14th, in contrast, Shadow the Hedgehog proved that the Sonic team had lost their way, if it wasn't obvious before. Uh, November 15th, Condemned Criminal Origins. Did you ever play Condemned? Is that the one with all the swearing? It's It's okay. It's okay. It's, it was hard at the end, but it was a fairly good game. It's good for the it's, time. It was a, a console selection's muscle and saying, look, you know, we can do first-person you know, fighting combat and not just you know, down the scope of a game. Oh, sorry, that's the one where you beat tramps to death, yeah. not the one in the uh, prison. Actually, a really really good game and um, far better than it's, it's a pretty shitty sequel. Mm. Uh, come out a few years later. And uh, Speaking of shitty sequels, <laughs> yeah. November 17th, Perfect Dark Zero. <laughs> ah, my second... 
launch title. For all the hatred you guys heaped upon this when I finally played it, just before Perfect Dark 1 came out, it wasn't all that terrible. But it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. If you liked Perfect Dark, it was definitely disappointing if you were expecting a good game. And the last one of my launch titles was Need for Speed Most Wanted, which is my favourite Need for Speed, and that's it. <laughs> I wonder why that's not on our list. It's... Oh, yes, yeah, Need for Speed. Right, uh... <laughs> uh, quickly, for per- Perfect Dark was a, pr- a prime example of what uh, developers do when they have a new console on their hands. It's all show and no substance. It, very you know, shiny. it was all very shiny, it was, and it was one of the jokes that it looks like someone has basically spunked up against a wall. Uh, everything was just glistening, it was very strange, and it had this system where it would tell you where to go, although it was kind of broken and would actually lead you around in a circle. It was almost like the dead space kind of tell me go this way, but the arrows would basically go everywhere. Oh. Um, God. Not a great game at all, and yeah, the history has told us that you know, Perfect Dark series is probably dead at this point. I, I think so. Yeah. Well, well done. Where November seventeenth, Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie, longest again title ever. <laughs> Just because it's the title ever. The only yeah. thing I remember is you. I was at Ubisoft came out and said you really need to play this game on a HD TV because if you play it on a standard TV, you can't see anything. Yeah, including text. Um, it's. <laughs> This was, uh, it's, it's not a bad, um, movie licensed game. But that doesn't say anything really. I, I couldn't really. When I finally got to play it, and I got all the way through the jack sections, and I got to Kong, he moves so slowly, it's like you're going through treacle. I went, okay, so I guess I don't need to play this game anymore, because I don't want to play a really slow, slovenly ape who gets beaten up by birds. Bollocks to it. And then, <laughs> there's a joke in there about Jack Black, but I can't quite get there. <laughs> Uh, November 30th this is the last game on our list Prince of Persia The Two Thrones came out and nobody noticed because at this point everyone was sick of Baditude Prince and he also had a strangely even though it was like only about half a year later he had a strangely I don't know God of War style weapon sort of a chain sword whip thing that was Warrior Within or is that the second one nope Two Thrones okay The Dark Prince so so now we've rendered up the he had Baditude the whole of the year Let's have a quick look and see what were the most influential titles, then we can say okay. 2005. Uh, well, Resident Evil 4, definitely. Yep. Absolutely, without question. Huge impact. I don't think even Gran Turismo 4 or 5 really were at this point. Or Tekken 5, yeah. No, they were just placeholders waiting for the next God iteration. Of War. God of War has to be. God of War, definitely. <laughs> World of Warcraft, I can't believe we went past it. Yep. I would say Lego Star Wars, the start of the Lego franchise. Hugely yep. influential. Yeah. Yeah, certainly bringing kids and... Parents together into games. Speaking of Star Franchise, it's got to be Guitar Hero as well. Yep. Um, Battlefield 2 for PC. Battlefield 2. Continue making, yeah. Oh, good few years. Okay. Nintendo Dogs. Yep. Absolutely huge. Shaolin Monks, definitely. More. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can I mention one we didn't mention that a lot of people love if they've played it? Yeah, go. We love Katamari. Of course. Why did I not put that on there? Shadow of the Colossus, most yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yes, Guitar Hero. Yes, Mario Kart DS. I mean, I, I don't know... And we, Call of Duty 2. Yeah, well, I don't know about Call of Duty 2. I mean, I, well, I guess it, it goes on to spawn something huge, so it kind of has to be in there. And also Civ 4, most people believe that was the greatest Civ game ever released, and you should never ah, yeah. make that. So. I'd also say Age of Empires 3, even though it killed the franchise, because it was the last Age of Empires game, which was, up until that point, huge. So significant in that it killed something. It, uh, it's still a good game. The only thing that pisses me off to this day, if you try to install it on Vista 
or Windows 7, it will tell you that it is not compatible. And to see the, the what is it, the publisher for a fix. The publisher is Microsoft. From all of the the, the scorn I have, uh, and adulation I've heaped upon him, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Indigo Prophecy was pretty fucking important. For whether people played it or not, it gave the world David Cage, and I do believe that at some point, something he does will at least give way to a really fantastic game. He just and needs to get, you know, maybe not write his own games. I suppose <laughs> we should better include Mario Kart as well, seeing as both me and Alex love it. <laughs> I mean, it's the best version of a, a series with many, many iterations that are all pretty much the same. And it's portable. It's awesome. It's the only thing you're ever going to need. It's the reason why I don't abandon my DS for an iPhone. It was the reason I bought the DS. I actually bought the Mario Kart DS bundle. Ah. So, so what are we left with then? What are the, the most influential games of year 2005? If we could whittle it down, I'd go ahead and say Guitar Hero went on to be massively, massively influential. Resident Evil 4. Definitely. World of Warcraft has to be there. Absolutely. And I'd say Nintendogs. Yeah, if we need to break it down into four, I think yep. so. Because Nintendogs was the start of the, the DS. DS revolution, which was huge. Warcraft was the, is the uh, single non-Steam-related huge PC-selling game still today. Changed the face of MMOs and pretty much RPGs in the future as well. She says she's no good with words, but I'm worse. But started out a joke of a romantic stuck to my tongue. Way down with words too overdramatic. Tonight is a cat get much worse. Worse no one should ever feel like I'm too quiet. And yeah, that, so yeah, that was 2005, and I still, at this point, was not playing games. This was, uh, so the, what, Christmas time came and went. Tony, you got your 360. When did you get your 360, Tony? Uh, November the 27th, I think. But <laughs> when did you? You know what I'm talking about. I got it on my honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's already been mentioned on the podcast yeah, before, but, uh, but yeah, that what a... What a thing to do on your honeymoon. I mean, what a brilliant thing to do on your honeymoon. The great thing. <laughs> that, that, that just beats my day off. You get. Yeah. <laughs> the, the great thing about that is that I have a, a, a wonderful wife that understands the need when a guy needs his new uh, console on release day. But you know, <laughs> even if it's on their, their honeymoon. But that so is, you like troop into game in the nearest town, which happened to be like 30, 40 miles away or something like that, didn't well, you? It, yeah, we're different. And we went to Scotland on our honeymoon, so it was a case of you know, trying all these new places in Scotland, looking for a 360. We've nearly got 360s for a year. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, jumping off that, that for a second, because it's an embarrassing part of my life. Racist. Um, in fact, what I said at the start of the show, I find it a, a really odd year. I think, you know, there's some big titles there. But I, I stand by my my earlier statement that it was a year of things closing down, um, moving on, looking to the future, and uh, some smattering of huge franchises were hitting at this point. But it was also the end of a lot of big franchises that wouldn't really necessarily resurface for three or four years to come. 
and then kind of some of them lost lost their steam altogether. It's it was a time of rapid change and sometimes painful change. Hmm. I kind of I kind of want a similar year to happen again, really. Um, I'm I'm itching for some, some for some new blood. I think we'll have to talk about that on a later show. But uh, watching the uh, keynote speeches today, I was like, oh god, I haven't been that anticipatory of a uh, new console since what the Dreamcast, the PS2. I def I didn't buy an Xbox on launch day at all. I, I find it weird. I mean, I mean, this will date the show massively, but the the, the launch of the 3DS, which is obviously happening in Japan by now, but happening very soon in the States in a, in a, well, a month's time in, in the UK. Right. I don't know where the hype's gone. I mean, there there's boxes everywhere now, and there's people talking about it, and the games are starting to be reviewed. But there just doesn't seem to be people jumping the, and, and shouting off the cliffs and going, yes, I need this device now. And it's because everybody secretly fucking hates 3D. Well, and, well yeah, I mean, that's... That 3D is a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> But the, the launch lineup seems to be really weak. But uh, it, yeah, that hasn't it, it, like you, Howie. It just hasn't scratched the itch that I'm, I'm waiting for something new. And mm. this, I think, this does actually go to prove that I'm now starting to look at a, a proper gaming PC. And, and if if I talk about my World of Warcraft addiction at this point, I was also playing um, a lot of PC games at this point because I felt that that generation of sort of consoles was starting mm. to wind up, and the PC had significantly taken a leap forward. Yeah, and also 2004 was when you got your new PC at that time yeah. f- to play Half-Life 2. Exactly. So you kind of had to justify that. You played a lot of, you played <laughs> Doom 3, and uh, I, I remember you were playing in the attic in the dark. It's an okay game, but uh, the, uh, I, I, I think the same is starting to happen now. I think if you're, you're looking at some of the tech demos that are starting to come out, some of the early concepts of, of new games being released this year by you know, the, you know, a lot of the, the engines, I mean, the, the new Epic engine they were showing off at GDC, mm. now is starting to get the time. You know, I, I, I'm now looking at a new PC because I think we're, we're roughly in the same time scale. But that's and that, that could only be good, though. That can only be good if the PC starts trailblazing and leading the way in tech again, because they have they have to be the ones to nudge a console generation forwards. The consoles start falling behind. That's when they start thinking, well, maybe we need something new. Well, you know, I, I said a few weeks ago my my piece about how uh, technology actually creates innovation within the industry and doesn't necessarily just stifle the way that we you know we're hoping that you know well more time we spend with the current technology we're, we'll make game writing and stuff better. No, I think you know new technology actually pushes people to make game writing better because they have new new processes and new ideas all fresh. But show for another day. But 2005, I, I actually don't think it was the most stellar year that when we were sitting here thinking yeah let's do 2005. To me, nah, it, it was okay. Although it does feature Shadow of Oh, it's massively important, though. There's not. It's just that it's we we don't have all these happy memories of playing the games because Warcraft had snatched us up, and we were slaves to it at this stage. And let's face it, this is the year that we were shown the next generation. Mm. And we were all just hungering for, for what was coming and not what we well, had. And not just that. We didn't see certain things coming. The achievement score, the arcade, mm. Mm. the big things. I'm kind of coming from a different perspective than you guys because I was only 15 at the time and I wasn't really as clued in with the gaming industry as you guys were. I played games, but I wasn't on the internet uh, looking at um, e3 videos and stuff like that so i was kind of content with the 
games that were coming out for the PS2 and stuff like that. So I was just enjoying all these great games that were coming out at the back end of that generation and not really uh, not really paying attention to the future. And um, what was your age at that time? Fifteen. Fifteen. So, so you were kind of relying on your your parents as well to fund your your gaming addiction at this point. So within more than half, well, just like you play your PS play the PS2. That's what we brought you. That's what you're going to enjoy. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. You know, when the new Xbox comes out, that'll be the first games console I bought on launch day since the Dreamcast. Now, I mentioned that earlier, but I had been thinking about it. You're going to see a different me in the next few years, folks, If uh, depending on what the, uh, the the gaming industry does. I could go either way, frankly, at this point. Well, just to briefly mention, you know how you're getting away from your comfort zone, Alex? What? I'm getting really away from mine, considering where I'm going. Uh, Russian yak farming simulators. It's his favourite. Pen and paper D&D. Ooh. Resurgent of board games. That seems to be huge at the moment. Or not. Who are you playing with? Um, I've got my girlfriend into it. I ordered the red box uh, awesome. today. And I have to say, in part, it's a big thank you to Chris from yeah. Shifts. He actually right came in. and had a chat with me. And, uh, yeah, I, it's, I'm going to have some fun. With your girlfriend. Down, stop it. <laughs> and some paper. <laughs> playing D&D. Nice. So to sum up 2005, a year of change, a year of interesting stuff going on, a year of upheaval, but kind of the gateway year that, that, uh, that paved the way to the start of a new generation that we currently cannot see the end of. We currently live in, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're right there, still. Interesting. And I'm sure at the time we could imagine going away from the PS2, the GameCube, and the Xbox. Yeah, when you're, when you're in that generation, you're entrenched in it, and you can't really see how any of these devices are actually going to succeed. So, yeah, it, it's always well, good to look back. That's kind of why I stopped console gaming. I thought, well, this this is all the Xbox has to offer. Then, yeah, all right. And then, obviously, Warcraft was just so much more about social gaming, that I, even more so than Xbox Live, and I wasn't just being shot at. Um so it was. It wasn't until I actually witnessed what Xbox Live could really be like with uh, with the 360 that I was like, you know what? It's got me back. So it needed to do make a few more steps before it, it got me back in the fold at that point. But it would, by the, you know, looking at this list, it was going to be an, another year, another maybe year and a half before any mm. of the real decent games started to grace that system. Gears, Oblivion, oh, Oblivion. Well, <laughs> in the middle of that right now. <laughs> we live in 2007 uh, 2006 yeah. thank you very much gentlemen would you like to please plug your show and blog alright you can find me at onewingedmuffin.blogspot.com where I write interesting little articles every once in a while um, kind of similar to what the DC people do but on a smaller scale they're very very good in fact people have been saying on the, uh, the forums that you should be a paid writer which is praise indeed and I can't I agree I really do you do have a way with words mate thank you and Neil you can find me over at Gameburst at gameburst.co.uk where we have our 30 minute news show on a Sunday and either a round table quiz or um, a replay on a Thursday and what's the email address <sighs> pod <laughs> at gayburst.co.uk I didn't get this right last time <laughs> <laughs>
He can be taught. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much, gentlemen. You've been listening to the best of 2005, and this is the Foo Fighters with DOA from their 2005 album, In Your Honor. I've been Alex Shaw. I've been Tony Atkins. And happy trails. <laughs>
Even Wally.